Today on The Breakdown, we're heads up at the Borgata for a World Poker Tour title, and hundreds of thousands of dollars are still to be won. Greg Weber is up against Gu Chen, and Gu Chen's going to flop very, very well. But Greg Weber, he's got a lot of heart. He's got a lot of juve. He's got a lot of juice. You know what I'm saying? And Greg Weber decides it's time to win this freaking pot. The board helps a little bit. Things get a little tough for Goo. Is he going to be able to hold on? We're going to get into it right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. What did you say Greg Weber has? Some zhuzh, which is what you do to your hair. Of course, you zhuzh your hair. You judge it. You judge your hair. Like, is, is, are you trying to say judge? Like you're, you're having trouble speaking and you can't say the word judge? I certainly am not. You judge your okay. hair. You have to judge it. Up. You judge it. How do you how do you spell that? No one knows. It's not a it's not a thing that's is spelled. It like J O O J. No one spells it. <laughs> okay, it's a <laughs> word that's unspelled. It's there are unspelled words. It's one of them. I don't think there are unspelled words. You don't I disagree. Really? Oh, thanks for weighing in, Grant. You, what's another you, one? What's another one? I'll tell you what another one is. Like, rah! <laughs> That's not a word. That's a noise. And also, what do you it's R A A A A. What is R A A A A? So that's not true. There's some R's in there. Um, what do you think zhuzh is? Zhuzh is a noise. It's a noise that is also a word. Onomatopoeia, motherfucker. <laughs> I don't think I don't think you're on the right side of this one. I think history will view you as the failure and the loser in this argument. You really you care a lot about how history is going to view us, but I'll tell you what: words that are unspelled that's a growing category, and we will be heard. You are a word that's unspelled. Is that what you're trying to claim? <laughs> no, no. I, I mean, I'm not sure. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I mean, just, uh, it's unclear. That may just made me imagine like. Uh, the horrible first line of a high schooler's poem, like it starts with like, like a word unspelled, <laughs> like a flower unsmelled. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that makes more sense. The second one, right? Yeah. <laughs> like a flower but, unsmelled, like a word unspelled is pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going to start to use that phraseology when I'm talking to people. If I ever go to like, you know, a dinner party again and act as though it's like a very like known, normal, serious thing. You know, and see how people do with that. Hey, I have a challenge to one of the listeners mm. who has actually won awards for poetry. That would be Mark Testart. Mm. Mark, I would like you to write a poem that is actually good, starting with the lines, like a word unspelled, like a flower unspelled. <laughs> it's impossible. It's impossible. <laughs> if anybody can do it, Testart can. I feel like I feel like it's the thing that makes it unfair is the second line. Like like a word unspelled, he could still go a bunch of places and maybe make it fit, but like a flower unsmelled really <laughs> drags it down. Yeah. This reminds me of uh not so much Mark Testart writing this poem, but like going to a dinner party and pretending. There was this guy on Reddit who at least claimed that he went to his girlfriend's home to have dinner with her parents for the first time. And this is like they've gone going out like five times. Is this and the potato thing? It's the potato thing. Yeah. And I he love like, this. It's he great. Claimed he didn't know what a potato was. And they like spent all this time explaining it to him. And he just thought it was funny. But then he like fell in love with this woman and it's he's getting married to her. <laughs> and it's been years. And 
his in-laws or soon to be in-laws. He's had to hold, he's had to continue the ruse because he doesn't know how to tell them. And it just gets deeper and worse. And now they think he's a freaking moron as on top of the fact that he doesn't want to tell him he's lying. It's pretty good. Yeah. I, it's probably table. not true, right? It can't really be true though. Yeah. I mean, I, I assume most things on Reddit are not true. Like, like all these, the pictures that people take and they're either not their pictures or they're like yeah. lying about the origin of the picture or why the picture was taken or whatever, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a world of frauds and you're know, all man. part of it. All of you, none of you are real. You're all one photo that's been stolen from Instagram pretending to like, be a hot chick like I on saw Tinder. I, I've gotten so skeptical of everything I see on the internet, which I think is probably healthy, but like... On Reddit the other day, I saw a photo that was um, in the gr- in the grocery store in an aisle where there was like pasta sauce. There was uh, like a bag of basil and and like uh, some tomatoes and so and with the caption like somebody just gave up and took the easy way out, you know, to show that like somebody dropped off the basil and the tomatoes in the pasta sauce aisle. Uh. And I was like, I'm gonna buy the just the canned pasta sauce. And my initial reaction was like, of course that's bullshit. Like that person decided that would be a funny picture. And they got the, the basil and they got yeah. the tomatoes and they put them in the pasta sauce aisle and took the picture and pretended that they found it candidly. And it just pisses me off that we live in that world. It just pisses me off, Levy. That's, okay. all. Maybe, That's all I got to say. Maybe spend less time on Reddit. I would love to, but it's a <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> so. it yeah. Also, it's, it's, a, it's a very... It pulls you right in, doesn't it? For whatever yeah. reason. It's just easy to keep scrolling. It's an incredible... It's the greatest time waster I think that currently exists, at least personally for me, of all yeah. the things. YouTube is up there, but I think Reddit is your number one. Like, I get the least out of, but spend the most time on, of all things. It's, it's so interesting. Like, sorry, we'll stop this Reddit conversation yeah. soon. But, like, I find myself looking at it just as a way to, to pass time sometimes. Mm-hmm. But then, like, inevitably, eventually, I get upset. That I'm looking at right, and I get like mad at the people who are posting things for how stupid they are, or how like fake whatever the thing is they posted, or or how they're deriving everything they're posting from previous Reddit posts in order to try to like get higher in the Reddit karma shit. It's just so obnoxious. There's all these ways to avoid all that, but that just means you have to go further down the Reddit freaking I know staircase, which I've done. I'm in that world of like, you know, but but I don't necessarily recommend it. (laughs) I don't recommend (laughs) knowing more about it. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, then yeah, I guess you, you could just look at the news for more serious stuff, but that's not very no, fun. No, no, that's no. There's, I mean, come on. Like, now you're going to make me talk about the answers, but I don't want to do it, but I'm going to do it. First of all, you just look at regular Reddit, like popular regular Reddit. You don't even curate it for yourself. So I curate it slightly. I've, I follow NBA and I follow poker. Okay, so, so it's a little bit curated, right? And but like by you, the way, poke, the, the poker Reddit stuff oh is complete God. garbage. It's not worth looking at at all. <laughs> but there's some funny stuff once in a while. Yeah, it's okay. But it's no, it's not. It's very rarely is there anything useful on there. Um, I used to actually like write things on poker Reddit, like, you know, advice when people ask candidate advice. And the amount of times I was told I was a moron or like, like they just throw what is really good advice right back at my freaking face with terrible logic. You know, it's like, all right, whatever. Like, I don't care that much. Like, you don't have to believe me. It's better if you oh, don't. My fa- Real quick, last thing on Reddit. Yeah. My favorite Reddit story is a story of ours, but more of yours than of mine. Okay. Back in the day when we were uh, sponsored by Dash for a little while, which is a oh, cryptocurrency yeah. for those who don't know. 
And we were doing this incredible giveaway because it was part of our, our Dash proposal that we did where Dash was giving us a certain amount of Dash. And part of it was we were giving away, I think, four total Dash, which at the time, Dash was worth like $1,200 a piece. So that's like a significant giveaway. Mm-hmm. So Jonathan, um, like for us, posted on Reddit in like a bunch of different subreddits, crypto reddits and, and poker and stuff. Like, hey, we're going to give away, what was it for that one? Was it like a f- two dash, something mm-hmm. like that? Yeah. And this is how you enter, and we don't ask for any information. It's totally, like, legit. Here is our dash proposal. Here yep. is it showing being accepted. This is legitimate. And nobody did it on Reddit. They're all like, no, fuck you. You're trying to scam me. The, well, <laughs> like, there was people being worried about scams, and there were other people in the cryptocurrency stuff who were saying, well, maybe if it was Monero, I'd want to do it. And it's like, you understand it's just currency. You can trade one for the other guys like i didn't get into that with them but it's like it's like saying well it's pounds well i don't want british pounds i don't want thousands of dollars of british pounds what would i ever do with those it's like well you know you could exchange them for dollars i don't know like it was really weird there was very little happening there was a shockingly i was i was met with disdain in almost every uh subreddit i posted in which was really shocking to me because i was like i'm giving away thousands of dollars here guys you don't have to do almost anything at all it's incredibly easy but they just i mean they're they're also sort of trained though not to believe in stuff like that because there's so many scams in fairness to that right right? that's fair but i mean the if they actually looked at what you had written and shown the proof that you showed it doesn't matter but that and also like the barriers to entry with cryptocurrency especially three years ago when people really were confounded by it because we were advertising that also on this podcast and on Poker Time and stuff like yeah. that, led to there only being something like seventy-one entries in order to win like twenty-four hundred dollars. Was it that? And remember, yeah. there were all those fake entries. I remember that. Yeah, we and we weeded out the fake entries, yeah, and it ended were, up being like seventy-one individual real wow. entries. Unbelievable. And and a dude won twenty-four hundred dollars, and he was like so th- he couldn't believe it. Yeah, it, it really happened. We gave somebody twenty-four hundred dollars. Yeah, it was and, cool. And like it was. Pretty good shot. One in 71 shot for that, for doing nothing, like clicking a link or something. I don't even remember what you had to do, but it was very little. It was really easy, whatever it was. They had to, no, they had to like get a Dash wallet and give us their address. I think that was it. Like uh, it yeah. was so easy. It, it was, yeah, it was pretty amazing. Um, but I remember there was that, just now that we're talking about this. So we got something like 150 fake uh, Links and what I mean by fake, they're real. They're like real wallet addresses, but it was clear it was all from the same person. Like, yeah, they did a bad job with it. They created a. They, they probably already had all these Twitter profiles that they just used for stuff like this. But it was really clear. Like, based, they all were the same in a lot of ways. They had the same number of followers. They all followed each other and no one else. I mean, it was like, it was pretty easy to weed out. And so, I think so. We did the giveaway, and then a bunch of those accounts start were writing to us like, really shocked they didn't win anything. Because I think we also yeah. gave away, I think we gave away like $2,000 to someone, but I think we gave away like nine things total. And like they yeah. won none of them. And they like could, they were like mathematically, it's basically impossible, which is true. It's almost impossible when they have like two thirds of the entries. But, uh, but they were like, like, they were the only people who wrote in, of course. None of the real people actually wrote in wondering why didn't they win a drawing? Because of course they right. wouldn't think they were going to win a drawing. But these, this guy couldn't believe he didn't win anything and felt like something was wrong, which it was. We figured it out. It was like too obvious, man. Yeah, but you can't complain about that because right. like, why would you expect to win? No, I, re- <laughs> I, re- I kept writing back because I wanted to see the guy actually acknowledge it. You know, I was like, say it, say the words, tell me you're all the same person and it's impossible. You know, otherwise you have what, nothing to stand on. But what makes you think you're supposed to win? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I just yeah. couldn't believe that he didn't win. Like all these fake accounts were just writing to us, like kind of upset. 
<laughs> that was great. Anyway. Yeah, fun times. Anyway, quick those, little story. Those were fun times. About a great expected value spot that somebody got to win $2,400 out of. Yeah. Pretty sweet. We just gave it away. All right. So uh, let's get into this hand. All right. This hand was suggested by Mung Juice. Yet again, he suggested our last WPT hand, which is the one where we hate Phil Helmuth's play. Uh, mm. You should check that one out if you haven't listened to that podcast or seen that video because, you know, it's Helmuth. We rip him a new one and everybody loves oh, that, right? It's man. fun. There's a bit on the video where I call him a snake oil sales- salesman and it freezes and an arrow points to his face and it actually, the word, the title comes up, snake oil salesman. And it's, it's a beautiful moment, I got to tell you. I mean, maybe we're trying to start a feud a little bit. Who knows? Maybe we Who are. Knows? And you know what? Let's go. I'm ready. That's the only guy in poker I, mo- I, I guess I would feud with Mattis out, but I most want to feud with, Mike, uh, with, with Phil because Mike would turn it into political and weird stuff. Phil would just keep it pure. You know, it'd be a pure feud in the best way. Anyway, Twitter, Mung Juice, suggested this hand. If you want to suggest a hand for the breakdown, tweet at us, include a YouTube link. Hey, by the way, following us on Twitter might also, if you don't, get grant you some access to things like, I mean, I don't know if that type of giveaway that we were talking about earlier is going to happen ever again, but Twitter is always where those things occur. Yeah. So if you, if you want to be part of anything like that in the future, that's a place to be. So hey. we are the poker guys on Twitter. I do want to get into the hand, but I have to ask one quick question that's perhaps a slight diversion, which is... Okay. So, mung juice. Is that like juice of the mung? You've juiced the mung? And that's yes, how you obviously. got the mung juice? What you is a mung? Question. What is a mung exactly, Grant? You know what? I think you will be able to find that online. I don't think it's probably a good <laughs> idea to find it online. That's my guess. <laughs> Lemonparty.org, man. Yeah, it's all once the de- again, every definition you, have to you need. Mention that every day, all the time. <laughs> apparently, like it's two thousand one. If I all reach right. one person, one person, it will have been worth it. One convert <laughs> who uses it as their desktop background for the rest of their life. All right, finally, there's a hand. Finally, it's time for the hand. We are heads up. Uh, it is the Borgata thirty five hundred dollar WPT main event in twenty eighteen. These players are in the biggest spot of their lives, uh, each of them respectively, Greg Weber and Gu Chen. Uh, Gu has only, and including after this, has only 200K total earnings. Greg, including after this, which is, again, two years ago, has only 400K uh, in total earnings. And When you say you, you mean not including this, this score, right? Yeah, not including this yeah, okay. score. Okay. Uh, because the current payout is over 470K, and first place is 789k. Wow. So they're they're playing for a ton of money. They're like the amount they're playing for between second and first is more than either of them had won by a significant margin at this point, I think. It's wacky. Yeah. All right. So Greg Weber is the overwhelming chip leader. Not overwhelming, but he's got a significant chip lead. He's got 24 and a half million in his stack. Goo's got 9.3 million. Okay. So it's Greg's to lose at this point with a 400k big blind. And Greg is in the small blind slash button. He's got queen, seven of diamonds. He's going to open to a million. Fine, whatever. Mixed strategy heads up or just raising every button. Doesn't matter. It's fine, right? Totally normal. Yeah. Goo has eight, nine off in the big blind and 9.3 million in his stack. Seems like a pretty clear call. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So he calls for 600K more. The pot is now 2.1 million. The flop is a very good one for Goo. It is eight of hearts, nine of hearts, three of spades. Again, Gu has eight, nine. Greg's got queen, seven of diamonds. So as Greg, once Gu checks, which he does, do you, is this a C-betting board for you? 
with the Queen Seven of Diamonds? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I guess it is. Um, it's still. I know it's wet. I know we're going to get some calls, but we probably don't have to bet that much. We can probably give ourselves. I mean, like that much meaning we can bet like a little less than half the pot. We don't have to be like it doesn't have to work that often. It's pro like we've got back doors. Only one actually. It's not a great board to do it, but we're heads up. We're going to get a lot of folds. I think I just bet it. What do you do? You do you agree? Because I know this is this is a more of an obvious check back type of spot normally, right? I mean, it's different heads up than it yeah. is in in other situations where you're the initial aggressor because you both have the whole deck basically, except like you're more un, you, you're uncapped in a way that Goo is not. Mm-hmm. Because Goo doesn't really have like pocket aces and kings that often with with his stack. Sure, I, I guess maybe he could sometimes, but I guess as Greg, you have sets of eights and nines a lot more frequently than Goo. That's yeah. nice. You um, have an equal amount of eight nine, an equal amount of jack ten and seven ten, and hands like that probably. I mean, there there's. I, th- I think that's right. So I think I think we may have a slight range advantage, but I think more to the point, even as just forgetting about any of that. Goose just going to be have so many hands here that he just has to fold when we bet that it almost none of it matters. Like, who cares? Well, there, unless, unless he's going to play back at us a lot. Like, I think like this is just going to be a successful C bet. I don't know. I don't know if I agree that he has so many okay. hands that he's going to have to fold it if we play it out. If we think he's going to three bet a significant amount of his ace highs, which I think is a fair assessment mm-hmm. for most players in a heads sure. up match, his big ace highs for sure. Then, like, I don't know. Is is he folding king ten? Maybe, probably. Oh. Oh, I don't know if he's folding King Ten. I uh, like sure he may be calling King so, Ten, but what about every? What about all the other kings? What about like so King Five, like, King Six, King Seven, sure. King Four, King Three? Yeah, but I think well, I can easily three, name a ton of hands he's not going to fold. Like, you know, sure. Is he going to fold five six? Do you think you can name more hands than I can name that he is going to fold? I mean. It's almost always the case that you can name more hands that he's going to fold. So if we bet less than half the pot, what's the problem? So we don't need him to fold that often then, right? We just need him to fold. If he's folding half the time, we're crushing it if we bet half the pot. So have you just accidentally decided that Barry Greenstein has been right all along and that you're supposed to see bet 100% of the time? No, because we're heads up and it's a different situation, right? The, like a lot of the time when, when Barry Greenstein C-bets into like when the small blind calls is under the gun open and the small blind has a very particular range and he's bet and like on a queen jack export, Barry Greenstein will see Barry Greenstein will C-bet anyway, right? He'll C-bet into five players. This is completely different where we're up against one person who's got an incredibly wide range and is likely to fold most of it, right? So no, I do not think Barry Greenstein is correct. <laughs> I don't know about most of it. I, I really don't know about most of it. I mean, like, Half of it? There's maybe. I would think half of it. I, I would I mean, be surprised gotta, if he's not folding at least half of it. There's heart combos too, to go along with any any pair, any gut shot, any open ender, and a lot of two over hands. Also, I don't know if he's calling any gut shot anyway. Uh, he's only starts the hand with twenty what twenty less than twenty five blinds, twenty twenty three blinds. He can't call like just he now. Maybe he's going to raise some of those gut shots. Don't get me wrong, but. He might just fold some of the worst gut shots too. Um, so there's that. I think I just think he's got a lot of like queen five suited that isn't hearts, and he's just like fold, you know. So you have King you have zero checkbacks because because the hand doesn't seem to have anything to do with it. Greg's hand. So do you have yeah. do you have zero checkbacks on this board? Heads up. I, I think as I think it depends ultimately on what my opponent is doing, but I think blind to the situation, I'm just betting this. Okay. There's probably there's probably a few boards. If it's a little bit wetter, if that isn't a three, 
if it's like a six, if it's eight, nine, six, oh, I guess we, in this case, we'd have an open ender, but in general, that'd be a, that'd be a board. I'd be a little more likely to check. Cause I feel like so many things are going to be forced to call now, like so many things, but like the three sort of is like an orphan on that board too. I don't know. It just feels like we're just going to get it. We're going to have enough success that we can bet this and, and have it be just instantly profitable. Is my belief. Would you bet with a showdownable hand that doesn't want to get raised like ace high? Would good you bet question. with ace queen? That's a really good question. Um, I think so. I think I would. Um, I might not bet with like a three. Oh, that's really similar to ace high now that I say it out loud. Uh, I think I would just to deny equity. I think so I'd be you're betting, betting literally one hundred percent of your hands. Yeah, I'm. I'm leaning towards, if not a hundred percent, a really, really, really high percentage. Can you I think figure it's just out a hand work. that you would check? Uh, two sevens I might check. Maybe. Maybe not. How is that though. different than ace high as far as the purposes for betting? Um, well, he, a, a card can come or under a seven that makes the guy a pair, and I can get value later on with at least but with it, ace conversely, high. It's much you can, conversely, you can get called by threes if you have sevens, and you don't want to get called by threes if you have ace high. Oh, that's a really good point. That's true. Um. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe we should be betting sevens also. Yeah, maybe maybe we should be betting every card. I don't know. Can we bet the eight? I think we can bet the eight, too. We're heads up. How about a three? Should we be betting a three? Probably just you're an already... equity. Yeah, I think we should bet everything. I think maybe we should okay. literally bet our, our whole range here. That sounds crazy. but Yeah, it does. It, if I think the player is going to play back at me at all, I wouldn't be doing any of this stuff. You know? So it depends on how. But, but like I said, unknown to the situation, I think we can bet and just profit. Okay, but this is because you're against Goo, who's not like a big time player. If you're against yeah. Phil Galfon, do you change okay. your strategy? Yes, hardcore. Because Phil Galfon's going to play back at me on boards that he has a range advantage, or or a range, maybe even range neutral boards. He might play back at me, right? He's also going to play his draws aggressively. It's going to be really hard to know what to do. He's going to be balanced. I'm going to play for. I'm going to be trying to play much smaller pots against him. I think in general, and take a lot less weird shots. So yes, against a really good player, I I have to consider. I probably. Against a really good player, I'd probably just check this board with queen seven of diamonds, for example, with the intention of folding unless I improve. It's my yeah, I mean, you don't really block too much that you want to block. I mean, the stuff. seven, a little, yeah. maybe. There's not a lot going on here. We can, but we can turn an okay hand, right? We can turn a queen. We can turn an open ender. So that's yeah. kind of cool. Um, so like a 10 or a six is a good card. A queen is a good card. There's not even a diamond on the board. So, like, it isn't, like, a great... I'd much rather have a diamond on the board, too, if I was going to be... If I was going to start betting. So, I've got two backdoors against a guy like Galfond. Yeah. There's no real combinatorial reason to bet this hand. No. If, you, if you're going to have a checkback range. This, is, this but, is a straight exploitation bet against most of the world. That's all it would be. Well, that's what Greg goes for. Yeah. He bets a million. And as Goo, 8-9-3, two hearts. You've got 8-9... Do you want to raise or do you want to call? I want to raise. Uh, it's a wet board, right? Like we can, re- we can have a flush draw. We can have a straight draw. So if Greg has anything, he may just feel obligated not to fold. So yeah, by the way, Greg could have those flush and straight draws, which we would like to charge. Yep. He could also play them fast and put in a three bet. Obviously, we can handle any amount of action that is thrown our way, which is pretty cool. I know we block like the top two cards on the, on the board, which isn't ideal. But if he has Jack-10, if he has Queen-Jack, if he has Hearts... Um, overpair. If he has an overpair. If he happens, by the way, to have a 9 or an 8, 
he probably just won't feel like he can fold any of those things. Maybe even Ace High will decide to call or make a play at us. I don't know. Um, I want to. I want to raise right now. I do too, for all those reasons. But yeah. Goo does not. Goo calls. So, what are the merits of this? What, why do you think he's doing this? Well, if we think Greg is the kind of guy who's going to triple barrel us, maybe a call is better, right? If he's the kind of guy yeah. who will bet with anything but call with nothing, then. Like a check raise is often going to end the hand. And if we just call, he might go bet, bet, bet. And then that sounds like pretty good. And maybe we can get all in by the river if he goes bet, 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 because we started with 23 blinds. It's not impossible anyway. Um, that's the most obvious thing. It sort of sucks that we're out of position, which would be another reason to call. But we're, oh, sorry, if we were in position, it would be another reason to consider calling. But being out of position means it's way harder to get value down the road. Of course, there's a million scare cards too, which is problematic. So calling... Calling has a lot of issues, I think. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't know. Well, the way Goo plays in the future makes it kind of strange, too. But we'll get to that after we yes. talk about nitrogen sports poker. Poker. There is a link in the description of this podcast. It is a beautiful, unimpeachably wonderful link. It grants you access to the monthly Poker Guys tournament on nitrogen. It is a 100 millibit guarantee, which is a tenth of a Bitcoin. It is a 0.1 millibit buy-in, which is one one-thousandth of 100 millibits. That means we need 1,000 buy-ins to meet the guarantee. Jonathan, how many do we get? Poker, we get like 200. I don't know why that Baby. started with poke, poker, but okay. Are you doing like backup singer? Is that yeah. what you're doing? <laughs> yeah, because okay. before you said poker and then I did it as a backup singer, and now I'm, now I'm one of the Chanel's or whatever. Okay, excellent. Um, anyway, point being, huge overlay in this tournament. Of course, Nitrogen also has sports betting, casino gaming. It is a Bitcoin-only site, and they don't mess around with your money. If you withdraw money after you make a little binky-binky, you get it out pretty quick, 90 minutes. You don't have to wait a day, which is about the fastest anybody else does it, which is absurd because we know Bitcoin can travel a lot faster than that, and Nitrogen is proof of that. So I don't get it. I don't get why other people don't do it, but I'm happy Nitrogen does I'm happy they're the good guys, and we're on their team, and we love them. Poker! Yeah! Good point. Thanks. That's pretty good. They're going to use that. They're going to they're gonna sample that. And I just like to say I do give permission to be sampled, for that to be sampled nitrogen for any ads you want, but I do expect you know compensation, like lots of compensation. So I have to get paid, <laughs> just to be clear. I don't know if you can give permission and request compensation without the level of compensation <laughs> being negotiated beforehand. I'm, I'm giving them permission to compensate me really well. Poker! <laughs> and, <laughs> okay. that's, and there it is. There it is. I'm just showing you my wares so you can know. Like if it's a, uh, I mean, it's irresistible. It's like Jason and the Argonauts trying to you know, sail by the, the sirens. Like You're going to have to tie yourself to the mast, buddy. Otherwise, you're screwed. Nitrogen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You've made too many good points. We have to continue. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, all right. So there's 4.1 million chips in the pot. Goo has the massive lead in the hand with 8-9 on the 8-9-3 two-heart board. Greg has queen seven of diamonds for just the backdoor straight draw and one overcard. Not a good spot for Greg. No. And Goo has about uh, 7 million remaining in his stack. The turn is the three of diamonds. It pairs the three. Not the best card for Goo, not the worst card for Goo. It's probably the second worst type of card after like a 
10 of hearts type of card is probably worse. Okay, sure. I mean, we're still, it's we're bad still... because overpairs now beat 8, 9. Okay, but fine. Yeah. Like, like the good news is we're still beating, you know, any nine, any eight, and all the draws. That's a pr- overall. I think this is a good card for us. It's, they're obviously way better cards, but it's still a good card. We're only losing yeah. over pairs and a three, which he can have as well, I guess. Yeah, but whatever. Like, we're too short to have this be a problem for us, right? Yeah. Well, here's uh, here's where the decisions start getting weird by both players. Yeah. Goo decides to lead for one point five million. Do you think this was the plan all along, or do you think this is because the three paired and now he feels like he has a lot more to protect against because any over card that pairs Greg would now beat Goo? I believe it's the latter. You know, that he feels he has to protect suddenly. Um, this is 2017, right? So this is 2018. All, 2018. I think. So maybe Goo also knows that, like, when the board pairs, you know, and it's not the top card, especially, you know, you can lead as the caller from the big blind and, like, it's all, you put the other guy in a hard spot, but these things don't really make, as you're talking about, any sense based on how we've decided to play this hand and what our actual holding is, right? Like, yeah. it, it feels like if we thought our friend Greg had a good hand, we should have raised the flop. If he has anything showdownable, if we think he doesn't have anything showdownable, we should check it, let him keep firing. Like, we could have all the draws. Like, he could try and get us off stuff. If he has well, I guess it's protection then. It, it must feels be protection like it, because because the three paired and maybe Goo is going to try to check raise this card if it was like, yeah. you know, a king, a king of clubs or something like that. I don't know. Check raise or, or just check call to give Greg another shot on the river. Yeah. It's just reasonable too. Although you think, again, the wetness of the board means you're probably check raising more than check call. Yeah. Um, I think it's a really weird decision based on the fact that our hand is this strong and we didn't raise the flop. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So um, I don't love it. I think it's a mistake. I think he stepped yeah. in it. We stepped in duty? Yeah, the do- doggy duty. Or as they call it now, doggy dookie. Anyway. Which is, which is slightly more solid, a little harder. <laughs> okay, I guess I prefer that. Uh, anyway, yeah, so. Everyone does. <laughs> now it's a. It should just be the end. Like, Goose shouldn't get the value that he could have gotten. But it's not the end. Sure. And it's not a raise either. Greg calls. So I have a question for you, Jonathan. Please. What the hell? Okay. Okay. So Greg calls. He has to believe that Goo is on a draw here, right? For him to call. Doesn't he? Yeah. I guess. But that means he has to believe that Goo just check called the draw on the flop when Goo was relatively short. And a draw would mostly play better as a check raise. Mostly. Nah, you can sometimes call your draws too, I guess. But like, the pot's already got three point something million in it for Goo on the flop when he, it's his action. After Greg's bet the flop, like, wouldn't you want to play your hearts or jack 10 or whatever aggressively? Mostly you would, right? So it's hard to really put him on a draw. Greg doesn't think this is a believable story, but Goo check called the flop. So when he's relatively short. So it's hard to believe he just has nothing. What do we, what do I, the only reason to do this is to take it away on the river, but what are we hoping that like a heart comes and then goo checks the river and then we can bluff it or a heart doesn't come in. Like if goo checks, obviously we're going to make a play at this. If we're going to call here, Yeah, it just seems like why we don't have a blocker. We don't have anything. We're not drawing to anything. What, what are we doing? What are we doing? I, it doesn't make any sense to me. It's very strange. Like, 
you would think most of the time if Gu had a draw, he would have check raised the flop anyway, mm-hmm. right? If he's going to take an aggressive action, it's, it plays a lot more naturally to check raise that flop with a draw than to lead the turn because the turn could be a lot of different things. And this is not yeah. a good card for a draw. This is a bad card for a draw. No question. It, it, though, it's really strange. So if he doesn't have a draw, that means he, I guess you think he has a nine or an eight and is just leading here. Probably an eight more than a nine even because you think a nine might even raise you when you're this short and the board's that wet. Like a nine, you just be like, whatever, let's go. Like, I, I got to protect my hand sometimes, maybe. But whatever, like, like best case scenario, it's a nine, you think? You're hoping, I guess, it isn't trip threes, although it could be trip threes also, in theory. Uh, and that means you're going to have to get him off a nine later? I don't know, man. Like, why? Why are we doing any of this? I'm with you. Like, this seems like, this is a super strange street. I don't like how either player is playing this street at all. No, neither do I. Like, my God, one guy should check and the other guy should fold. Instead, it goes bet call. It is very odd. I don't like it. It makes me upset, but it happened. Is it possible, Greg? I mean, this is such a ridiculous thing to say, but is it possible Greg saw Goo, thought Goo didn't like the turn, saw him bet anyway, felt he was a little uncomfortable and thought like, oh, I can take this away on the river sometimes, and that's why I'm going to call? Like, got a live I, read, I guess is what I'm getting at. Cause I, get that's, I mean, that's what we always go to when we I don't know. have any other I know. answer. It's dumb. And it's not really believable. Goo's pretty strong. Yeah. I mean, they both played it really weird. I don't like it, but that's what it is. We're going to the river. Okay. Okay. We'll have to go to the river now. 7.1 million in the pot. And Goo has 5.7 million remaining. And the river is not a card that Goo wants to see. It is the ace of spades. Mm. So this is like what Goo was leading to protect against, right? Is like the clear over cards coming that could potentially make Greg a, a bigger two pair. The ace being the number one version of that, especially when Greg decides to call the turn. Like if he had a non-paired hand, you'd expect it to be ace high, right? Uh, yeah, you would. Maybe he can have jack 10 or something like that. But yes, ace high. Yeah. Um, so it's a bad spot. I don't think Goo can bet again. Do you? No. We got to get here. If we bet again, we have to get here by a nine, right? That's what we're trying to do. And like, maybe, maybe, but like an ace really looms large. I guess we could bet, which both works as like a little bit of a blocker bet for us and also to try and get some value from a nine. Maybe we could bet like two million, but that's still like we only have like five million left, right? So we only have like twelve blinds anyway. I it seems it seems sorry, check and figure it out type spot. All the draws missed. Like we can check and you know not fold. It's pretty reasonable, but betting seems like a, a bad idea. I agree with you. Like our hand is not super strong anymore. It just was. Yeah, he does check. So okay. I like this decision. Yep. All right. As Greg, we kind of have to make a move now, right? We have to. We're here. We have to. And it's to. basically got to be all in. Um, yeah. I don't know if we actually in practice need to go all in here, but we could. It's fine to go. We could go almost all in. You know, I know, yeah, I know well, it's, Goose, it's Goose stack we're threatening, not ours. But still, we could bet. He's got, what, 5 million left or something? 5.7. Uh, 5.7. We could bet, you know, 5. And it's, the effect, it's effectively the same thing, but we save two blinds every time we get called. 
I don't know if it matters, but but we could go on to just to make it like an easier yes or no thing. There's another factor here too, which is Gu is out of time chips, so they only he only he's only gonna have thirty seconds to make this decision. So it's possible the all in is a little better because maybe it creates a more of a binary feel for him. Yeah, and I think it's better in general. Like we talked to a couple podcasts ago about how it's got to be better when you're the effective stack on the river to almost shove instead of shoving. Yeah. Whether you have it or not, in general, just save like why not save four blinds in case for the times that you're bluffing? Like it's because tournament life is so valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's really the case when you're not the effective stack. I think in this case, if you bet four point eight million instead of the all in five point seven million as Greg, you might get significantly more calls from Goo. It might be significantly more likely for Goo to call because because he knows it's not his entire tournament if he calls and is wrong. He still has a chance. It's a little I mean- different. He's going to be so short. He's going to have three I know, but it, is, but it is still a chance. It's, it, and people okay. think about that differently. They, I mean, sure. And he should think about it a little differently. But I think most people understand. Now, maybe Goo's only going to have 30 seconds, and so that's a problem for this. But I think mostly, like, if you and I are playing in a sit-and-go like we do regularly these days against each other, because it's a pandemic. <laughs> um, yeah. So we play online against each other sometimes. Uh, and, you know, we're both... We both have 25 blinds, and you bet 22 blinds on the river. Or you have 30 blinds, and I have 20, 25 blinds. You bet 22 blinds on the river. That's going to feel the same to me as, as you going all in. You know, it doesn't really feel any different. It's a little different when there's 300K on the line. That's fair. That's a fair point. Uh, I don't know if I, if I agree with you or not on this. I got to tell you, I, I think this is like a, an area that's gone relatively unexplored. Is like, is there actually a difference in fold equity based on if we bet a little bit less and like, or not, or not, you know, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a very different question than the, if it's a good thing to do when you're the effective stack, because I think it's pretty clear from an ICM perspective that it is the good thing to do when you're the effective stack. I think you're probably right. I'm just wondering if maybe it's a good thing to do period. Cause then we also get to say, we get, if we get almost the same amount of fold equity, but we get to save, you know, 15% every time we get called, that sounds like a pretty good deal. Right, I just question if it's the same amount of fold right, equity. Exactly, and we, we don't know the answer to that, right? Yeah. It's unclear. But maybe you're right. Maybe because of the heads-up nature of it and the amount of money that's in play, maybe it really matters. I've certainly seen guys in, like, in the middle of tournaments, like the old reg-type guy who isn't like a pro or anything, like call off almost all his stack, and it feels like if, he would, if it was all in, he, might have, he would have thought about it more. I've certainly seen that. So to sort of like to support your idea a little bit, your point a little bit. Um, but I don't know overall what you know where we land on any of this stuff. I don't know what the gen pop numbers are, as the kids would say these days. I don't think they would say that, would they? Well, one kid. One kid would say it. Like a kid who's in prison? Because that's a prison term. It's also a poker term, bro. The general population? Come on. It's not a poker term, but it's a statistical term is what it is. So when we're talking about poker stats, we can use it. I mean, it's really more of a prison term than it is a statistical term. Uh, I mean, anyone who, who studies poker might use that phrase a lot. And in fact, often does. Yeah, if they're an asshole. If they're <laughs> just a complete You're just upset because you don't study poker. Why would I study poker? I am poker. <laughs> It'd be so you could learn cool phrases like Gen Pop. Gen Pop also could be like the brand, a new brand of soda. You know, Gen Pop. <laughs> it takes you to the next generation. You know, and, and you literally evolve into your son <laughs> and you drink it. <laughs> or daughter, of course. That uh, is a strange 
idea, a, but I think you got something there. I would buy it. I mean, I'd wait till I was really old, and then I'd start drinking the hell out of that stuff, you know? I'd be like, just speaking keep dropping of, down. Speaking of buying it, Greg does move in. Oh, right, yes. Which I think is a good idea on this card. Sure. Probably. When, it's fine. When Goo checks, yeah. Um, all right, now this is a crap spot for Goo. We have a couple questions to ask ourselves. Mm. Is it reasonable to consider that Greg is bluffing? What are the reasonable bluffs? And what hands of value does Greg play this way? Great. Number one, yes, Greg definitely has some bluffs here. Not the bluffs we would think, not the queen sevens of the world, but it feels like he has hearts and straight draws very, very reasonably, right? Where he'd bet those on the flop. When the board pairs on the turn, he really reasonably might just call, especially for only yeah. one and a half million in position against us. He might just call that um, and then feel obligated to bluff the river. So yes, he has bluffs. Uh, the question is, when we talk about, he can have actually a bunch of ace highs. He can certainly have the nut flush draw. But he can have other ace highs, too, in theory, right? He can have, like, ace-king, ace-queen that calls the turn, I think, when it's only one and a half million and it's a wet board. Um, the question is, is he, what ace highs is he going all in with here? Is he going all in with all aces on the river or not? Because I he has to get called. Know. He has to get called. It isn't just, I have the best hand. I have to get called by a worse hand, right? So would he really bet? If he has ace-five of hearts and he rivers top pair, and Goo checks. Is he really going to bet all in? Like, would he really think it's reasonable Goo's going to call him with just a nine? Which would be like our best case scenario here, right? Um, we think. Turns out nine, eight is even better. But like, uh, would he really think that or would he bet two million trying to get called by a nine? I'm asking. You answer. I mean, it, I, all aces feel the same. And mm-hmm. you I, know, I, I think... It comes down to if you can get called by a nine, like you're saying. And I think because of the way of the way that Guru's played this, I think you probably have to go with your big aces. And if you're going to do distribution, maybe you don't include your small aces also. But the only reason would be distribution. Mm-hmm. So if you want to play pure exploit, I think you shove all your aces. And maybe we shove just because it's a wet enough board that we could have missed our draws. So we can, yeah. shove, we can shove our aces and actually get heroed. Also... Goo only has 30 seconds, so he may not have a lot of time to put this together, which may help us. He may just look at the board and be like, well, hearts missed, I call, if we have an ace. Of course, that works against us when we have queen high, if that's the way he's going to think, right? Um, maybe Goo has a draw, though, although Goo's usually going to play his draws aggressively on the flop when he's this short. Yeah, so. you really expect a check raise from the draws if, instead of a, a lead on the turn, but it's weird to lead the turn almost no matter what, unless you have mm-hmm. a three, sort of. And well, you, then it's weird if you have a three to not also lead the river. Yeah. Unless you're trying to induce from hearts and whatever. The really aggressive guy. Turns out yeah. Greg's really aggressive, right? We see that just in this hand. So maybe we should be checking all rivers when an ace comes. When, when an ace comes, we should be checking with the intention of just calling a lot. If we have a three or whatever we have. You know? Yeah. Seems right. All right. So what's Goose supposed to do? <sighs> well, we're relatively short. If we fold here, we're going to have less than 16 blinds. If we call here and we're right, we're going to have a lot of chips, right? We're going to be the chip leader. So that's something to take into... Well, we only got 30 seconds to figure this out, but that feels like an important consideration, first of all. Yeah. Like, um, since I can think of bluffs, and apparently we think Greg is pretty darn crazy... Apparently, 
based on, maybe we don't, maybe we don't know this, but it's really possible we would know that Greg's really, really aggressive and bluffy. Yeah. At this point, we're heads up in this, in this thing. We've played at least the whole final table with him, if not other tables along the way. Um, I think we're supposed to call, I think. Yeah, I think so too, because it doesn't feel like Greg has a three too often as played. He did, he's often going to raise the turn with a three on this draw-heavy board, you would think. Often. And the ace highs, while an attractive proposition for Greg to represent, if I were good, I would be sitting there thinking, does he really have all of the ace highs or just the yeah. ones with two overs? And maybe some of those he even folds because I'm short and it's, you know, there's only one card to come. It's kind of a precarious spot for ace 10 even. So I'm not convinced that he has all of those hands either. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah. I think I call, I think Greg's line is too weird and I call. I might also talk myself into just, I don't know if I buy the sizing if he's really trying to get me to call with a nine or an eight or something like that. Is he really going to go all in here? Like yeah, he, maybe, he, maybe, but maybe, but sometimes I think he'd bet smaller with like with his value trying to get called by worse value. And right. I can, so I can eliminate maybe some of those instances, but all the bluffs, maybe he bet sometimes small as a bluff too, maybe, but it feels like the bluffs are going to want to go all in more of the time. Right. So. Yeah, I think, so I uh, think we're supposed to call. Yeah. And I think you can, you can reason your way to Greg having a misdraw too, because the yeah. board paired and he called the turn. I think you, that's a fine reasoning, even though Greg clearly is a guy you have to call because he doesn't have to have a misdraw. He can just have queen seven of diamonds. So, I mean, Jesus, now that we know yeah. that, it's like, yeah, Goo, by the way, takes the full 30 seconds before he makes his action. And it's like, goes really fast. It's like shockingly fast. They're doing, there's a little countdown. Yeah. And it's like, oh my gosh, he's, his hand's about to be dead. What's he going to do, you know? And he does call in a disgusted way. He's like standing up from the table, throwing his chips in, like disgusted, but not disgusted think, for long. Yeah. I think he's disgusted almost by the fact that he doesn't have more time to think about it even. Not, nothing like, maybe yeah. I've lost, maybe, I don't know. I, he just like quickly gets it in there. Yeah, and then he does uh, get the full double. As we and then ultimately ends up winning the tournament for almost $800,000. So that call and Greg's weird line probably earned Goo an additional 300 plus thousand dollars. I wonder if Greg, like, to this day, thinks about that call on the turn and thinks, like, if I had just folded the turn when I had no real reason yeah. to call, I win that tournament so much. Like, all that extra yeah. money is mine. I'm a WPT title holder. Like, it's a big difference in his life, probably, you know? Probably. I mean, I don't know anything about this guy, but he's a firefighter, actually. I know that. So, yeah, it's probably that extra, you know, after taxes, 200K and all that, probably a really big deal, you know? Obviously, he did yeah. fine anyway, but, like, wow. Uh it's it's got to sting. It's got to really sting. It's got to sting. But good for Goo. Good for Goo for yeah. uh, putting it together in thirty seconds. By hook or by crook, I mean it could have been tilt, or he could have actually put it together because we would have called two after thinking about it. I think. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, it's one of those things where you just, if you, when you don't have time, you're just like, I have a pretty good hand. I call. You know, that's it. I don't have time yeah. to do anything else, and that's that's actually not the worst way to do it. You know, it's sort of like a really quick version of distribution, not a perfect version. You're not doing what do I block or anything, but still like, that's not a bad way to do it. Like, oh, my hand's pretty good. I should call. My hand's pretty bad. I should probably not call. You know, there's obviously a lot more to it, but that's a reasonable, like that's most of it, right? Like that's the first big chunk of it. And if if you can, if you can get past that, then you can get to the other smaller pieces. But, you know, it's a forking path, man. I just... I just don't know what Greg is doing in this hand. Yeah, the more I either. think about it, I don't know what he's doing. 
I really don't know why he calls that turn. I really don't know what, why in the world he's calling. I mean, he's calling that turn to steal it on the river, clearly. But it feels like there's so many cards where he's not going to know where he is on the river. Like, what happens if the King of Hearts comes and Goo checks? Oh, I guess we have to bluff. We're bluffing everything, right? So we're just going to bluff no matter what and hope it works out. Like, Goo can have it feels, threes. It feels button clicky. Very much so. Now, you know, maybe this was working for him and it just didn't matter. And this is how he got this far in the tournament. It probably is. You know, especially at final tables, like, you can push people around a lot. Heads up, it's harder to push people around. You know? Depends on the player. Yeah. Like, but mostly it's, it's harder to push people around. So that may be what's up, too. Like, you know, where he was, like, successfully with ICM pushing everyone around the whole time and floating and making plays. And now that we're heads up, it's harder to make a play. I mean, Goo went down to his last second. So Goo didn't, like, insta-call. Maybe Greg sits there and thinks, like, how did that guy not fold if he just folded there, you know? Maybe. 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 But I think it's a good call. I like the call. Me, too. Me, too. Music is my sunlight and all I need is one mic And I can show every single MC how it's done right Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not We got one life And I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne And gonna be traveling the globe We still have time to make it home